Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We're going to give our review of the Saturday games. Now we had uh, a couple of really good games there. Obviously we opened up with the Charity Shield. The Rabbitohs knocking over the Dragons 42-24. Then we had the World Club Challenge. What a game this was. My pants well and truly pulled down. St. Helens 13, the Penrith Panthers 12. And then we had the late game. The Brisbane Broncos knocking over the North Queensland Cowboys 20 points to 18. So a heap to talk about in these games. We'll kick off with the Charity Shield. South Sydney. Uh, fuck, they jumped out of the gun early. And uh, look, I, I thought South Sydney was good. Um, but I'll be honest with you. I I thought the Dragons were fucking awful to start. I just... They looked... They looked like they weren't even keen to be there. And I, I I saw a lot of worrying signs out of the Dragons the other night. I know they've been the team that a lot of people have been tipping for the wooden spoon. And uh, after what I saw on the weekend, I think I have to go down that avenue as well. I mean... This is their, you know, their first full trial as a side that they come out. They get to go to Mudgee. Conditions looked fantastic. Field was unreal. And honestly, this team, they did not even look excited to be playing rugby league. And that was uh, just their body language. After conceding tries, their body language throughout the game, South Sydney were up and about. Uh, You can tell South Sydney they're a squad that genuinely enjoy their time together, that genuinely enjoy what they do. Um... When I looked at the St. George Illawarra Dragons, it looked to be the complete fucking opposite. Uh, it was almost like playing rugby league was a chore for them the other day, which was you know inc- incredibly disappointing. I-, I was really hoping that we would see um, you know at-, at least a St. George side that came out and had a go. And look, to, to be honest with you. You know, 42 to 24, I think the scoreline, I think it really, really complements the St. George Illawarra Dragons because you look at the end of the first half, uh, they just... It was 26-0. They weren't even in the contest. And some of the tries that they conceded was were just embarrassing. The Latrell Mitchell one off the scrum, like, fuck me. Um, you probably won't see a softer try scored this year. And I understand it's Latrell Mitchell, but, I mean, I think anyone in that South Sydney side could have scored that try. The communication with the St. George of Dragons was all over the place. They just, it, it was like they didn't even want to stop him. I, and I hope I'm not being too harsh, and I know this will upset Dragons fans, but I also think 
there's a lot of Dragons fans out there that would have been sitting there at halftime going, what the fuck is happening here? Like, like I, I even look at their side and I'm like, you know what? Like, you are, and I think one of the commentators, I think they mentioned it, that, you know what, they're a team that, you know, they, they've got a lot of experienced heads in the middle. They've got a lot of hardened heads in the middle and they and they just want to try and win the ruck, compete in the ruck, and then see what Ben Hunt can do off the back of it. I mean, their the forwards were getting bullied all over the place. I thought Aaron Woods, fuck, he came up with some very disappointing um, defensive efforts throughout that game. And he, he wasn't the only one, but he got caught out two or three times and it was really noticeable. And, you know, I, I always look at body language after conceding tries. And, you know, we, we spoke about the game last night. Like, if you look at Jake Trevojevic after Manly conceded tries, he's filthy. Look at the Dragons. Mate, I, I, like, it, it really didn't look that much different to when they were scoring tries. It was, you know, it, 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 I, I don't know what's going on with St. George Illawarra Dragons. If I had to guess what's happening from the outside looking in without any context, I would say that this looks like a team that is waiting for their coach to be sacked. That's what it looks like to me. And maybe that's not all of them, but I think that that's the theme that sort of comes out of the Dragons. And, I mean, if you want an example of just how far the Dragons have come, have a look at Tyrell Sloan. Um, like, fuck, so much ability, so much talent. Finish that game in tears. Five errors. Five errors in that game. I mean, we've been saying it in the Supercoach world for a long time. If you're if you're having Tyrell Sloan in your side, they're not going to play round one. I don't know how you can possibly be confident that he plays in round two. I, I think that Hook could drop him at any minute. I think Tyrell Sloan knows that. I think he knows that he didn't have a, a good performance the other day. The stat sheet sort of says he went okay, but, you know, he, he made a lot of errors in that first half that gave South Sydney a lot of opportunities, and I just think emotionally it got to him. And, fuck, I get it. I don't think anyone's put his arm around Tyrell Sloan over the last year or two. He's coming into first grade, touted as this star. It's going to take time. Of course it's going to fucking take time. Um, and I, I, I just don't think Hook has handled Tyrell Sloan well at all. Uh, and I understand that things haven't worked out with Cody Ramsey. I get that. Like, you, you've got Sloan, who I, I, I believe wanted to leave a while ago. I personally think he's still there waiting for Hook to go. And I think there's a number of other guys in this team that are in a similar boat. I mean, if, if I was to go through the Dragons and have a look at, you know, the, the big positives to come out of last year outside of Ben Hunt, I would say the two centers, especially Moses Suli, they've now flipped him to the other side. I would say after Ben Hunt, Moses Suli was the biggest positive in this club. They flipped him to the right, Zach Lomax to the left. Zach Lomax is a right-hand carry. He has got one of the best flip passes in rugby league. Does he use it 100% correctly? No, but... What, why the? I don't understand why they would shift him to the other side. Is it to stop the temptation of that right flick pass that he does too much? Like, how on earth can you be in the NRL and you know have head coaches that can't that that, that in order to stop their right center that that's got this right hand flick pass, move him to the other side and move Moses? I just there's just so many things about the Dragons that just make little to no sense to me, and I find them. So frustrating to watch because there's talented guys in there. There's guys in there that I really like. Like Bud Sullivan, he scored a brilliant try in that, in, in that game the other day, and I, I would like to think he will still be the six, which makes me worried that Mozambique could end up at fullback. I think this um, this winger fan guy, I think he's fucking incredible, scored a good try on the weekend, uh, but they just weren't in the contest. They It's like they never got off the bus, which was very, very disappointing from the St. George Illawarra Dragons. I don't really know how this season's going to play out for them. I'm not expecting Hook to be around post-week eight. I think they'll really struggle to start the season. Um, and, yeah, I think there's a few guys here that 
I think there's a fair argument to say that they've checked out and they're waiting for a new coach. But uh, happy to be proven wrong there. I'm just calling it as I see it. Uh, for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, really impressive performance. Cody Walker was fantastic. That second try he scored. Vintage Cody. Absolute vintage Cody. You love to see that. He is such an incredibly instinctive footballer. Love everything about Cody Walker. Cam Murray, we've said it before. The longer he plays, the more he looks like Brad Clyde. He's fucking unbelievable. Some of the lines he was running and some of the ball playing he was coming up with the other day and then all the tough stuff, I absolutely love watching Cam Murray. I think he is the most complete forward in rugby league at the moment, and I, I, I really don't think it's close. Tommy Burgess had a good game, score the first meet pie. That would have been a nice little, not a nice little first try scorer if you got on that one. Uh, but, yes, South Sydney all round, really quality performance. Some of the young guys that came on later in the game, also very good. So, Davey Moali scored a try. Great to see. I think he's going to be really relevant in the first few weeks, and he's going to have to just keep improving week on week. Uh, so many positives to take out for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Good to see Isaac Thompson again. Um, didn't go for a heap of run meters and whatnot. Four runs, 41 uh, run meters, but I think he just looks like a big, dangerous customer, and I think that he'll do well this year. So, uh, congratulations to South Sydney. A big win there. Obviously conceded points late, but I think they just blew this team out so much in the first, you know, 25, 35 minutes that I, I don't even care, to be honest with you. They were by far and away the better side. St. George Illawarra Dragons, very, very disappointing in this one. The second game on Saturday was, of course, the World Club Challenge. And myself, I thought the Penrith Panthers would run out big winners here. I uh, said that I'd take them with a 40 or 50 start at the start of the week on Bloke and a Bar. Uh, that was obviously when I was expecting it to be 38, 39 degrees, limited interchanges, etc., etc. So the conditions did change during the week, but i uh, got to own this one. I still, regardless if I knew the conditions exactly as they were, I still would have uh, tipped the Penrith Panthers by 20 or 30. So, um, yeah, no backtracking from that call. Completely far off the mark. Um, definitely, uh, you know what? I, I underestimated St. Helens, but, I, you know, just based on Penrith's performance, I think it's fair to say that I overestimated them coming into this game. We've been saying for a long time that obviously Kikau and Appy would really hurt. We said, like, towards the back end of last year when Mitch Kenny was playing really big minutes that we weren't overly convinced of him in attack and I think that was really evident in this game the other night. Sonny Luke he had a minor hamstring uh, strain injury something. Apparently it wasn't a big deal and apparently that if it was round one he would have played so I think that was a little bit costly for the Panthers. I think they were also a little bit protective with Dylan Edwards as well uh, and look that's the reality of this game. It is still preseason as much as it's a world club challenge uh, the Panthers obviously have bigger things on their mind so I, I like I I think that if it wasn't on the eve of the NRL season, they probably would have played those two guys. Maybe it could have been different. Maybe not. I thought St. Helens was pretty fucking good regardless. And I'm not sure if Sonny Luke in his first, you know, like real game as the main nine, even though he would have been coming off the bench, I think he would have played, you know, 60-odd minutes. I'm not sure if he would have been able to compete with uh, James Roby, who I thought was the best player on the field. I thought he was fucking incredible. I think in those sort of conditions, more so than any other conditions imaginable, um, having a good hooker and having a classy, smart nine, is worth its weight in gold. And I thought that was really evident in this game. I thought James Roby, he was fucking sensational in this game. Uh, such a talented footballer. I, would have, I said it last week. I uh, would have loved to have seen him over in the NRL. Made 50 tackles and he just controlled the ruck. It was interesting with Penrith. Um, and I, I don't know if it was the refereeing. I don't know what it was. But I have never seen 
the Panthers only have one marker on so many occasions. I just felt like they got beat through the ruck on so many occasions. And that's where having a guy like James Roby, similar to what Cam Smith used to do, he always had his eyes on the ruck. Whenever there was one marker, he would take off, he'd draw him, and they just wedge him behind the ruck. And it was just, it was perfect wet weather footy. I thought they were really smart, St. Helens, and that's where um, you can't take anything away from them because they played to the conditions perfectly. Whereas I thought the Panthers did the opposite. I, I thought it was a really poor outing by the Panthers. I know they lost by one point and whatever, but I just thought the way that they played was very un-Panthers. I was, I was very disappointed with them. The amount of errors, the amount of offloads they were trying to push when it just wasn't on um, was pretty disappointing. So I think there's a lot to take out of that for the Penrith Panthers. Uh, they got to lick their wounds and come back. Obviously, that game, I mean, it was pretty evident during the week that I think it did mean quite a bit to them. Um, they, they, they came out and spoke on a number of occasions about it. But, uh, yeah, they weren't able to get the job done. Credit to St. Helens. I thought they were fantastic. What did we learn about the Penrith Panthers? Uh, I think we learned how important Dylan Edwards is going to be. I think we learned how important um, that nine role is going to be as well. I do not believe that Mitch Kenny can play big minutes there at nine. I've said it all off season. Uh, I think he'll open the first 20 minutes because uh, I think he's just too clunky and slow around the nine, to be honest with you. Uh, I think they need to get Sonny Luke out there, and I haven't seen a stack of him, but what I have seen of him, I definitely think he'll be closer to Appy than what Mitch Kenny is. Uh, so I, I think that he's going to be very important this year. I think he's going to have to play pretty big minutes. Sonny Luke, as I said a few weeks ago, I think he'll come on and play the back 50. I reckon he might come on and play the back 60 here, to be honest. So I think he's going to be that important. And then you can use Mitch Kenny through the middle, where he is really effective there. Uh, their edges. Fuck, I'll tell you what, I've thought for the last few weeks that Garner's got that spot locked down. I think Zach Hosking was the better of the two, to be honest with you. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do there. Throws a bit of a spanner in the works as far as draft competitions and Supercoach Classic and everything. Uh, so we'll have to keep an eye on that situation. But if it's based off that game, I think Zach Hosking, he's probably my guy over Luke Garner. Uh, Luke Garner got caught out a few times, which was very disappointing. Didn't play as big a minutes. Pretty sure he got like shifted out to center at one point, but... When you have just just to look through the stats on their own, um, Luke Garner ran for 27 metres. Uh, Zach Hoskins ran for 108, and he had 12 more hit-ups. Uh, and granted, Luke Garner, as I said, I think he did play a little bit of centre, so that makes it hard. Uh, you look at their tackles. Uh, Luke Garner made 23 and missed two. Zach Hosking made 51 at 91%. So uh, just as it stands right now... I probably think he was the more impressive guy. Zero errors for Zach Hoskins, one for Luke Garner. So, uh, And I just think he missed a couple of really crucial ones as well, Luke Garner. So that'll be an interesting situation to watch how that plays out. Uh, I thought Isaac Tungo had a really good game. I think he had one or two missed tackles, but outside of that, he was really solid, and I thought he was very good with the ball as we anticipated him to be, and I think that he will be getting uh, quite a bit of footy this year, Isaac Tungo, so very, very excited about him. Taylor May got injured. I think he's out for a couple of weeks. Uh, and, yeah, look, I've had a lot of people message me and go, oh, the Bulldogs must be nervous about Stephen Crichton. I just I, – I don't know why you would judge a guy on – you know, his first game of the season in those conditions when he hasn't been a full-time fullback. Uh, I think it's pretty evident he's got the, the skill set to be successful at fullback, Stephen Crichton. So I'm going to wait for that time to come. But congratulations to St. Helens. A lot of very, very talented players in that side. I thought Jack Wellsby was fantastic at the fullback. Lewis Dodd, very, very handy. Johnny Lomax, I, th I thought he had a pretty poor game against the Dragons the week before. So good to see him bounce back with a good performance. Uh, Walmsley, I love him as well. So uh, plenty of positives. I thought Curtis Siren, and great to see 
see him back and playing really good footy. I thought he was strong the other night. Uh, so, yeah, congratulations to St. Helens coming down here and winning the World Club Challenge against this Penrith side at Penrith. An incredible, an incredible knock. And to be honest with you, they won by one point, golden point. When the game went to golden point, I sort of went, oh, fuck, I don't know about this. I think St. Helens just outright deserved to win this game already. Uh, so I do think the better team won. I think that if Penrith would have won this game, uh, I'm not sure if the better team would have won, to be honest with you. So uh, congratulations to St. Helens, a quality performance, and I uh, I underestimated them. Let's move to the late game. The Brisbane Broncos took on the North Queensland Cowboys and won that one 20-18. Uh, some pretty some pretty impressive stuff uh, from the Brisbane Broncos. Obviously, as a man, he put Capewell over early with a really nice nudge. Uh, Selwyn Cobo scored off a rebound. I thought live that Selwyn should have passed the ball. Uh, watched the replay again, and the winger was slightly in front of him, so that's fair. Uh, Val Holmes, I thought he got the better of Tony Staggs on a few occasions, scored a nice try. I thought Drinkwater, fuck, he had, fuck, he's a silky motherfucker. Jeez, he had some nice touches. A great ball to Kyle Felt. Uh, he obviously had the rushing D, and I love when guys play through the line, and this is something that Scott Drinkwater has really developed. The other thing I love about Drinky's game is his short dropouts. I've been saying this for a long time. I think more teams need to do it. I don't think it's as hard as what teams make it look. Team, like, it, it's a drop kick that goes 10 metres in the air. It doesn't even have to get, like, you don't even have to kick it to the very sideline, which if I was the North Queensland Cowboys, I'd be putting this kick up in Nanai's area every day of the week. And then when you start to do that, what you'll start to notice is that teams start to defend for that. And you throw them out of whack the next set if you do want to kick long or doing what Drinky did the other day, that all eyes were on Nanai. Um, watching him, he was able to go short and get the ball back. I just, I think that it's so much easier to defend on your line than anywhere else. The Cowboys have good defensive structures. I would be going short every day of the week. I cannot believe more teams don't do it, and I can't believe the amount of teams that get it so wrong when they do do it. They're obviously not practicing this stuff enough. So credit to Scott Drinkwater. He's a great example of it can be a fantastic weapon. To be able to get that ball back off a forced dropout, it turns momentum in a fucking instant. And when you get the ball back, your opposition team, they're spread out across 50 metres. You can go into a bit of an, an attacking style. It's an unsettled set uh, for the defensive side. So I love it, and I think we should see more of it. I think it's crazy that we don't. Uh, Nanai scored off another kick as well. The ball just finds him, doesn't he? He's an absolute freak. So good to watch. Uh, some Brisbane Broncos. I thought Jesse Arthurs. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Big leap at the back end. Uh, huge try in the back end of that game. It was very impressive. He also made a tackle on Brandon Elliott at the end that I thought was very, very impressive. Really like Jesse Arthurs. He's always sort of flown under the radar a little bit, but he really is a talented footballer. I don't think he's going to be in the Broncos' best 17. I think he's probably going to be the next man up, and what depth to have. Absolutely love him. Um, as far as the Brisbane Broncos hookers, I don't know if we have an answer here yet, to be honest with you. I still don't know what the best option is. I think they will go Walters and Pakes. Uh, Moser came on and did some good things. Still very raw, though. Uh, I think he's still a little while away. Uh, I would be going uh, in the other direction. I'd be going for Walters, and I think 
Corey Pakes at the moment. But I don't think anyone's really grabbed it by the scruff of the neck throughout the trials, to be honest with you. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if we do see a little bit of chop and change throughout the season. I thought Paddy Carrigan, he was fantastic, as always, for the Brisbane Broncos. Almost 200 run metres, 52 post-contact. He had three tackle breaks. He had four offloads, and he made 35 tackles. He just gets through work, Paddy Carrigan. He is a true, true leader. Love everything about him. Uh, so, yeah, congratulations to the Brisbane Broncos. These are the sort of games you want to be winning. They certainly were. I thought Jock Madden did pretty well uh, in his first game in Brisbane Colours, I believe. So, uh, a heap of positives to take from the Brisbane Broncos here. The Cowboys... Despite losing, I don't think they were that bad, to be honest with you. I think they came up with a couple of good things. I think they let a couple of opportunities slip. Uh, and I just think that once they get to the regular season, they'll be A-OK. I'm not worried about the Cowboys at all, to be honest with you. They've got guys to come back, a lot of forwards to come back as well. So, um, look, I'm not reading too much into this. A good performance by both clubs. I think both clubs will walk away happy. Brisbane will be stoked that they won. I think a big thing for Brisbane, you could see in the back end, is just finding a way to win. Um, and I think that when you do get in these close games against these top sides, so much of this competition comes down to just find a way to win, find a way to win. That tackle by Jesse Arthurs in the back end, just find a way to do it. So, congratulations to the Brisbane Broncos. Good win there, but uh, not panic stations at all when it comes to the North Queensland Cowboys. I thought they played really well in this one. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.